Hey friends, I have one thing to ask of you before this podcast begins. My heart behind my podcast is for it to touch as many women as possible so that they can grow in their faith and know that they are not alone on their journey to heaven. I can't do this without your help. So I want to encourage you to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts and share today's episode with just one friend who you think would grow by listening to today's conversation. Thank you so much. I truly appreciate it. Hey there, I'm Whitney, your host of the Abundantly Yours podcast. I'm a wife, college student, and entrepreneur ready to strive for sainthood right alongside you. Jesus put this podcast on my heart as a way to serve you better, so I am so pumped that you are here. I'll be hanging with you every Monday and Thursday to chat all things discovering your purpose, cultivating a relationship with Jesus, and everything else in between. Are you ready to fully step into who God created you to be? Let's do this, girl. Hello, Cecilia, and welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited for you to be here and to share about um, your experience um, being in religious life and what what your life has um, turned into since then. Um, I'll let you reveal the story as we go through the episode, but welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Super excited to be here and and chat about all this. Like My yeah. experience at the monastery is something that I hold. Do yeah. So to talk about it. Yeah, like for me. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to just hear from you um, and your experience. So before we get too far in, would you please introduce yourself? Yeah, yeah. Um, as as you already said, my name is Cecilia. Um, I'm 24 and I got married a year ago and I'm the oldest of five children. I was homeschooled. Yep. Um, yeah. And now just living married life and growing this little Carmelite ministry that I have. (laughs) That's so fun. Yes. So cool. Um, yeah, I have, I'm, I'm the, the youngest, well, third child out of four. So, um, yeah, so cool. Do you have brothers, sisters, both? Two of each. Nice. I don't have any brothers, so it's, I grew up with three sisters, which was fun, but it's, (laughs) A whole different household than if you have brothers. Yes. So yes, um, absolutely. yeah, that's so fun. Um, and so yeah, today's topic is just so cool. And it's obviously a lot of you sharing your heart and just your experience. And so um, kind of to set the foundation, maybe, um, how did you discern to enter religious life? You know, kind of what was that process like? You know, feelings, What? just feel free to share what's on your heart. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um... Looking back, I can see that I was drawn toward it from pretty early on. Um, my earliest memory was I was probably around seven years old, and I remember grabbing one of mom's brown skirts out and putting it on to be my little Carmelite habit. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I remember she had a, some fake red flowers, so I grabbed those. I grabbed the cross hanging over the bed and put them in my arms like the St. Therese uh-huh. portraits. And yep. I was like, Mom, I'm a Carmelite nun. <laughs> I'm saying yeah. yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I think even though at that time it wasn't actual vocation discernment, I yes. think it was yeah. tugs in that direction early on. Yeah. Um, I first wrote to the monastery I ended up entering when I was 14 um, and then had my first visit with them when I was 16. Um, and, yeah, it was just something that I was – consistently tugged toward 
even when I didn't want to be tugged toward religious life, um, high school was a battle back and forth, like feeling really drawn to it and finding so much joy in it. But at the same time, also longing for marriage and kids and everything else. Yep. High school girl wants, you know? Um, so, and I remember one time, like I was adamant, I'm like, I'm getting married. I do not want to be a nun. And then I remember I went to choir practice that day and they had confessions right before our choir practice. So they had chant music playing. Yep. I walked into that church and as soon as I heard the chant, like my, I felt my heart being tangibly lifted up and just like, I need to be a nun. It was just so, such a clear tug in that direction. Um, So like I said, I visited when I was 16. um, And then when I was 18, I visited again. And that is when we took more definitive preparation steps for actual entrance. So, and then I entered a year later. That's so cool. Um, Yeah, I love how you said that you you did, although, you know, that desire was there from a young age, maybe, you know, if you felt maybe drawn towards it, that you still had that, that, that um, desire for marriage and children too. Like, you know, discernment isn't easy. And so I think how you mentioned that, I think that's a good reminder for everyone of like, you know, the reminder that discernment process is not easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because we do have, I mean, we can have both desires or we can feel both or a wrestling with one or the other, but still maybe desire one or the other, you know? Exactly. Um, and yeah. that was the thing that I had to realize in my discernment. It was like, yes, I feel very drawn to religious life. Yes, I'm drawn toward marriage, but I think the draw towards marriage at that point was more of like the natural draw, like the natural vocation for us is marriage. So we are going to desire that spouse as women. We are going to desire to be a mother. Um, So separating what am I called to versus what am I naturally drawn to Mm. was a big part of the discernment. So, yeah, no, that's really cool. But like the way you said that, like, Mic drop. <laughs> that was good. Um, Are you ready to share the truth of who God is? Well, friend, I've created the perfect way for you to do so. Our new t-shirts and crewnecks are the perfect way to share the truth of who God is while you are out and about doing your things, shopping, in class, etc. Be sure to check them out at abundantlyyours.org and use code podcast to save 10% off your purchase. Yeah. And so what was your experience then like at the monastery? You know, what was, what did you experience with your time there? I'm very curious. Um, It was a beautiful experience. Heaven on earth, as I always say. Um, The biggest thing that I loved about my time there was the immersion that we had in the liturgical year because we were doing the divine office. Like before I entered, I did the math and added up how much time was spent in prayer per day. And it was eight hours. I was like, oh, cool. My full-time job is prayer, like between the divine office. And then we had two hours of mental prayer a day and of course daily mass. So um, it added up to eight hours. Um, And just that continual repeated immersion in the liturgy. So, you know, of course it all, the center of it all was the mass, but then the divine office carried that liturgical prayer throughout the day. Um, And just, I was raised Catholic. And as I mentioned, I was homeschooled. So very thorough catechesis from preschool on. Um, But things just 
hit differently there because you were so withdrawn from the world and so immersed in the liturgical year. Like I remember Christmas time there. Like, of course, I always knew Christmas is when God became man, but it just hit in such a mind blowing way there because you entered so deeply into Advent, into the longing that they had for the Messiah in the Old Testament. And you felt that longing. So then when Christmas came, it's like, oh my gosh, he's here. (laughs) Like God is here for us, you know? And it was, and it's an experience that I have not been able to recapture in the world. Perhaps I will find how to get there, but I do think a huge part of it was being cloistered, was being so centered in liturgical prayer and everything. Yeah, yeah, but that was... That was the biggest thing for me and the thing that I have tried most to carry over, like really living the liturgical year. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, just a beautiful community of nuns, just so inspiring to be there and be like, I want to be like all you guys (laughs) one day. (laughs) You know, and it's cool with that, like living in, like, like you said, just such immersed community that how every single woman there is you know, there to love Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. so it's like when you're all, you know, have the same, you know, kind of like mission, you know, or like mm-hmm. all same goal of like every day we are all working to, you know, be closer to Jesus every day. Yeah. It's like when you all have that same like-minded mission, like I can't even imagine like the power of like all of your prayers together. Cause wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Um, and so I guess the question I just kind of thought of was how long were you there? Um, just yeah. a few days short of a full year. Okay. Yeah. 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 So how did, I guess our next question I have anyways, is how did you discern out of the monastery? Um, and then how did you discern marriage? You know, what was that like? <laughs> yeah. So I, let's see, around, I want to say, well, three months before I left or so, mm-hmm. we'll just put it that way to be this. Um, I started noticing that like the solitude was beginning like to be too much for me. I found myself longing for a ministry portion of the day um, with more engagement with others. And we did have um, every day like two hours about of time where we would sit together and talk and just enjoy each other's company after lunch and after dinner. but the other part of the day talking was pretty much limited to what was needed to communicate mm-hmm. to get the duties done around the house. Yep. Um, so I found myself longing for more interaction, more ministry mm-hmm. part. Um, and at first I thought like, oh, maybe this is just a part of adjusting to the life, you know, like maybe everything, yep. I was so new to it all and now this part is hitting more, you know, now they're settled in. So I stayed another three months after that, um, just really praying about it. And like, is this a struggle or is this a call Mm. to be somewhere else? Um, which was difficult, you know, because I didn't want to just be like, solitude is hard. I'm out of here. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, definitely lots of prayer. Um, but it became clear that like my heart was just so tugged in the direction of having ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did end up deciding to leave. And like the sister who was in charge of the novices, the newest ones who had entered, she um, 
she was so helpful in those last days, just giving me the resources, giving me the time to chat, giving me pretty much everything I needed to discern either way. She was so helpful, but open to either way as well, you know? Um, But it got to the point where I, where I decided to leave, but because I loved everything else about the life so much, I was like, yeah, a couple months and I'll be in another convent. Like, no. (laughs) Um, But, and I actually would have stayed there had not solitude been such a big part of the life, you know, if it were just limited to half of the day. You know what I mean? But with Carmel, solitude is like a pillar of the lifestyle there. Yeah. Not that I ever minded being cloistered. I should clarify that part. Yeah. I've had some of my friends were like, how did you handle that? Like never going anywhere. And uh-huh. I, I'm like, I was perfectly happy. Um, yeah. That's so I cool. just wanted more within. I didn't mind being cloistered. I just want more ministry within that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I did leave and I felt at peace. And that was the biggest thing for me. Like um, when I was discerning whether or not to leave, I actually had the opportunity to talk with a Carmelite priest about all of it. And he told me, follow where your peace is for me to decide whether or not to leave. And that has just stuck with me because he's like that. Mm-hmm. That's how you know where God is. That's is where your peace is. Yeah. Um, and I just knew right away. I'm like, the solitude is too much for me. <laughs> and I want ministry. That's yeah. where my heart is. That's where my piece is. Um, yeah. So then I left shortly after that. And then, like I said, my initial plan was to look for another convent to enter because when I was initially looking for community to enter, I was always tugged toward Carmel and Cloister. Um, yeah. but I did look at other cloisters and look at other orders, but never felt the same tug. So. Yeah. I was aware that there were communities that were a mix of the contemplative prayer life and the active ministry life. Um, However, the more I looked into them, the more I realized that, like, from my perspective, coming out of a cloister fully seemed really active. And I was like, I don't think I'm called to this Um, because it seemed to me with most orders that it was either fully cloistered or fully active, eight hours a day, nursing, teaching, whatever it may be. Um, So, and that was too much. I was like, definitely not feeling called to that. Um, So then at that point, like with the guidance of my spiritual director, I started discerning marriage because I was like, maybe my home can be my cloister and my husband and kids can be my ministry. (laughs) That's a very simplistic way of looking at it. Um, that's where I was at the, at the time, you know, and so then I started praying about marriage, considering it more deeply. And then shortly after that is when I met my husband and yeah, it just felt right. And I felt at peace again. So, (laughs) no, I love that. And I think that's like a, like key takeaway from this episode is like, peace, you know, in discernment is a huge thing. Um, my sister and I have been talking about this a lot of like, um, just a lot of different things in life, you know, we're married. So it's not like those types of things, but maybe more so like career discernment, you know, or family discernment. 
Um, and so it's like, it still is so true of like, the Lord provides peace in the direction he wants you to go. Although yeah. there's part, part of you that might feel like this is really scary, like what's happening. <laughs> but like, if there's still that, like, if you can still acknowledge that there's that peace there, um, yes. I think that's a huge sign. So I love how you said that, like you experienced that throughout the discernment of like your vocation, which is obviously we know is a big deal, right? right. <laughs> Have you ever tried a quote unquote clean beauty product? only for it to not actually work very well, leaving you frustrated as you constantly have to reapply it because it melts off after two hours or it doesn't give you the coverage you want. I get it. I felt the same way. I've tried multiple clean products with very meh results. It's actually very common for beauty products with clean ingredients to not perform very well. And to be honest, I almost gave up on the whole clean beauty thing altogether because I just wanted my makeup to work and last even though I knew the conventional products I was using weren't good for my health at all. But just as I almost gave up, I found it. I never thought I'd find a clean makeup line that I'd actually want to tell my friends about because I believe you shouldn't have to compromise beauty for health or health for beauty. You can shop all of these incredible clean beauty products that I just told you about via the link in the episode description. And the best part is you get $10 off your first purchase. I can't wait to see you there. Yeah, you obviously spent just about a year of at the monastery. And so what, how did you, you know, how have you carried those things that you learned in the monastery into married life? I think that's going to be super fun. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> the biggest thing is that I still do pray the divine office as much as I can. Um, just because it's all scripturally based. The Psalms are beautiful and, yep. um, I've taught my husband how to pray it. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to yep. do the divine office together. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing just how, like, morning prayer and evening prayer take about 20 minutes, but mm -hmm. the daytime ones are just, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. It is quick to pray. Yeah. And it is amazing how just, like, the day can start feeling like it's going downhill. And then mm -hmm. you pray midday prayer, and you're just like, everything's beautiful again. Yes. <laughs> Spiritually refreshing. Um, so the biggest thing was that, um, as well as just carrying like the simplicity into married life. Um, that was one of the things I noticed when I came back home is how much I saw as clutter mm. that I hadn't seen as clutter before, you know, because, you know, at the monastery, our room had the bed, the little two drawer dresser thing and a stool to sit on, you know, and that was, that was it. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying our home should be bare, you know, they should yeah. be homey and beautiful, but in a simple way, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's been something I've tried to mm. carry into our home is just simplicity because it has such a big impact on the spirit. Um, and I really realized that while I was there and how much yeah. it freed you, um, as well as just the noise, the noise of media, the noise of music and the constant noise we put ourselves in, you know, um, even though constant silence was hard for me, I still do value having silence in the home yes. <laughs> at times, you know, yeah. um, just because when I was there, I realized 
that having no TV, having no music. We, we had music, but it was just on a Walkman CD player. And we yep. could use it on free days or Sundays. Yep. And they had a selection of like classical music or religious music to listen to. Uh-huh. Um, and I just realized while I was there that music was so much more beautiful when you weren't constantly immersed in noise and everything so and it kind of gets me sad because there was music that I listened to there that just like pierced my soul but now that I'm back in all the commotion of the world I listen to it and it's not the same (laughs) oh nice song you know yeah So that's been hard for me because you want to experience that beauty so strongly, you know, Um, which means stepping back from the noise, stepping back from constantly having the TV on, constantly having music in the background. Um, Yeah. So that's another big thing that I've carried away from there. Yeah. And I... And just as you were saying that, you know, that's, that's detaching, you know, like you had the ultimate experience of detachment from the world, (laughs) you know, um, and those types of things. So it's like, I mean, just a good reminder too, for all of us, maybe, you know, not everyone's going to experience life in the monastery, you know? And so, um, yeah, like how truly attached we do get to some of these worldly things Mm -hmm. of, you know, and like you said, like our, our homes aren't supposed to be bare walls and, you know, not have nothing in them. <laughs> no, not <laughs> but, Like there's a level of like simplicity, like you had said, that we can pursue. Um, because if we're basically kind of where I'm going with this is like the, the less items we have or the more simplistic lifestyle we live, like mm-hmm. I feel like it'll be easier to be detached from those types of things, you know, like worldly items, belongings types of right. things. Um, yeah, even how you mentioned the noise too. It's like, it's crazy how sometimes like we're so used to the noise that it almost is like an addiction that we don't know we have. Exactly. And then like we can't sit in silence. Yeah. And so I struggled with that in the past. Luckily in this season, um, at the time of recording this, um, I've been like thriving in silence. I'm like, no no tv shows nothing like let's be quiet yeah Um, it's probably just my brain preparing to be a mom and ready to just rest because i'm exhausted but um you know like i mean yeah we're all human too and i think acknowledging that like we are going to have those times where we do grasp for worldly things Mm -hmm. maybe for our comfort um but realizing like okay know where is my true comfort and that's obviously in the lord like he is the true comforter and the only comforter mm-hmm. uh, and that he's the only one who can fill these holes in our heart or you know fill, fulfill our heart and we can't just stuff it full of worldly things you know exactly. <laughs> yeah and i'm constantly trying to because sometimes you know i want to declutter that's been my yeah. project this lent is wanting to declutter because yep. And then once you start decluttering, you realize how much clutter you have. And then, yeah. <laughs> yep. um, you know, the challenge for me has been like you went without X, Y, or Z at the monastery mm-hmm. or you left it behind when you went there. So is it really that important to you? Yeah. You know, because I'll be like, I want to keep it. It's like, but you let go of it when you entered the monastery. So yeah. do you really? Another good it? question you could ask too is, you know, in five years, am I going to care about this? Exactly. <laughs> Even in a year, 
you know, like that could be a good little, like, I mean, sometimes there's things like, um, like memory boxes are sometimes hard to go through of like, yes. oh my gosh, like I remember like as a child, like, oh my gosh, I love this, I don't know, stuffed animal, yeah. you know, and like, say you have seven stuffed animals, it's like, okay, which like two mean the most to me or, you know, like, or three or like the only, the only exception I have to that is like, if you want to save them for your kids, like yes. I get that. Cause like we want to, you know, as moms, I feel like we're like, Oh, I want to like my kids to see these someday or whatever, which is an okay thing, but we can't also do that to everything we own, you know, like. <laughs> I do that with skirts and dresses a lot. Cause it's so yeah. hard to find modest stuff that like yeah. my style has changed. Like recently I've switched to the longer, the better, and solid colors are my preference. Yeah. <laughs> that means I have a lot of stuff that's yeah. modest, but I don't really wear it anymore. And I want to get rid of it, but then it's like, what if my future daughters, you know, need yeah. this stuff? Yep. That's yep, hard. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, it is. And it's like, you know, I guess even in just preparing to become a mom, I feel like, you know, obviously a baby requires a lot of different items <laughs> you know and so like I feel like in the last couple months we've gotten like all sorts of things you know like a high chair and the play the play toy you know yeah your stuff and then you gotta yeah. get like you know all their clothes and all like so I feel like I'm like have so much stuff but it's like like there's a balance of like <laughs> needing stuff but also like is this something that's necessary you know mm -hmm. um like, or is it just an extra device or something, you know, like the little, like just a thought that's coming to my brain is like the hello baby little cameras you can set like by their bed. So you can oh, watch, yeah. like, you know, watch them. I'm like, yeah, I would love to have one, but I don't have one. And I'm like, if someone gifts it to me, great. If not, like, like it's okay. It's just the one yeah. extra thing that I don't need. Like the Lord gave me two legs. I can come and check on my baby, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, like finding that balance of like, is this necessary or can I get rid of this? Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I currently have a room um, in our basement full of stuff to get rid of because yeah. after you move, we moved two, three times last year. And oh, so, um, yeah, I have an accumulation of stuff to get rid of, but mm -hmm. I'm getting off topic here. <laughs> yes. Decluttering is a good reminder too, because sometimes I think I forget to do that because yeah. it helps with that detachment, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I guess I didn't give you this question on our little outline, but do you have any advice for, you know, the woman who is maybe feeling drawn towards religious life? Um, do you have any advice for her of maybe just kind of from experience that you walked through, what advice do you have for, you know, women who are feeling drawn to religious life? Um, like I said, I know I didn't prepare you, but if you have any, it'd be wonderful. No, the first thought that comes to my mind is go for it. You know, if you're feeling pulled consistently in that direction, just explore it. You know, um, I remember I was reading a lot of older literature on discernment when I was going through the discernment process myself. Yeah. Um, and the older stuff was quite different than like newer stuff. Newer stuff was like, yeah, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Um, the older stuff was like, discern religious life before marriage because marriage is mm. good but religious life is the higher calling so if you know it's the higher calling you should that means you should pursue it first you know um and then if you're not called to that 
marry and have a holy marriage, which I found a really fascinating approach to it. This was from a discernment thing I found like from 1850 or something. Um, So that was very interesting. And the other thing um, that I had come across, it was in an, an older theology textbook and it was so true. It was saying how, you know, some people view entering the convent as like finality. They enter and they're in. Um, but it's really not that way. Um, when you enter, and the way the book described it too, and I completely agree, it's like trying out for a team, I think is what the book said. You know, like if you end up coming home, there's no shame in that. But like pretty much the first six months to a year is pretty much a live-in experience. You know, you can go yeah. home at any point. So if you're feeling drawn in that direction, enter, you know, like give it that, give it that year, like experience the life firsthand. Mm-hmm. And if it ends up not being a good fit, then you're more than free to go home, you know, like without any shame, it's pretty much like a live-in retreat to be like, let me look at this firsthand and yeah. see if it's a good match for me in real life, not just on paper. And then like for me, had I never entered I'd be like, I should have been a Carmelite. But now that I entered, I got to live the life. I got to grow from it. I got to find ways to carry the spirituality into daily life. Yeah. Ways that I wouldn't have known how to, you know? So it gives me a more fulfilling living of a spirituality I feel drawn toward. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely encourage not to be afraid to enter discerning with the community. And of course it's all entrance is all done with being accepted and approval and everything. So, but yeah, don't be afraid, (laughs) you know, don't just keep thinking about it if you feel called there because your happiness will come only with the, with a yes. And sometimes that's all God wants is the yes. Mm -hmm. And then you still end up getting married, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um and there's a reason like for you I just kind of like look at how you shared your story of like you know yeah you were only there for a year but you were called to be there for that year right like the Lord wanted you there for that year and without you giving your yes you would not have experienced you know that immersion into the faith um and then from there it's like like the Lord has everything planned out. Yes. <laughs> um, the other thing that I like to also share is like the Lord is good at shutting doors. Like yes. if something is not meant to happen, like everything's going to go haywire. Like, you yeah. know, like it will all fall apart if it's not meant to happen. Like if the Lord really doesn't <laughs> want you to go there, it will not happen, exactly. <laughs> you know? And so really being, uh, remembering that of like, you know, if the door is open, take one step at a time. Um, and if the door gets slammed in your face, that's the Lord working, (laughs) you know? Um, but I love how you said, like, don't be afraid and just go for it. Like, you know, one yes at a time and the Lord will, will lead you because that's what he does, you know? Yeah. Um, And knowing that, yes, it might be a really scary thing. Um, but knowing that the Lord will guide your heart, you know, if you, if you, excuse me, I got a burp, but it's not coming. Excuse me. Um, yeah. If you stay connected with him and, you know, pursue that relationship with him continuously, mm-hmm. he's going to lead you and he's going to, he's going to tell you yes and no. And he'll make you feel it. Yes. 
Um, so as we kind of start to wrap up, the last loaded question I have is what is one piece of advice you want every young Catholic woman to know? Um, I ask this to every guest and it can relate to the topic or it can be anything on your heart, whatever you feel. <laughs> All right. Well, the biggest thing, um, cause when I had read that you, you wanted to chat about that, I, my first thought was just really get an understanding for single women, women discerning, women in married life, get an understanding of Christ as the bridegroom. Mm. Because once you realize how much he loves you and how he is truly the spouse of our soul, whether we're single or religious, of course, religious, or even married, he is our first love. And everything else flows from that. So once you embrace that love he has for you, it trickles into every other part of your life and totally changes everything. (laughs) Yes, that's so, so true. And I don't even have anything else to say after that. Like uh, remembering that the Lord can love above all other human, any other human, (laughs) you know, um, and that's just been even a cool experience being in the married life of like, okay, my husband loves me so much and he would do anything for me, but like the Lord loves me more than that. Like exactly. And trying to wrap your brain around that. So I love the great piece of advice. That was awesome. Yeah. And for the single person realizing that, you know, if they're single and wanting to be married, knowing that they are already loved in a spousal way by Jesus will help, you know, that void not be a void and then they can better search for a spouse yes. having that connection with Jesus. And of course in religious life, religious life is a whole lot less scary if you know you are running to the bridegroom and not just leaving the world or going into the cloister. You know, like yep. you are going to your spouse. Um yeah. and then of course in married life, like you said, like knowing Jesus loves you even more than your spouse. Yeah. And also knowing that the fullness of love is only in Jesus. He is the perfect man. So then you don't project too, too much, too strong of expectations on your husband. Like he's yep. perfect. He's not yes. me perfectly. Like he is human, but Jesus yep. is the perfection of love and loves you and fills any lacks. Yes. Um, so for everyone. Jesus loves you. Yes. And I was just going to say, like, if you are a single woman, um, knowing that, like, a boyfriend and a husband will never fulfill your happiness. Exactly. um, They can never fulfill any hole in your heart. Um, And so remembering that, like, if I get a boyfriend, (laughs) you know, if I'm I'm, like to date someone, like, my life isn't just going to be butterflies and rainbows because it's not like, exactly. you know, remembering that, like you said, they're human. Um, and so are you. And so there's going to be your trials and temptations and hard things. Um, and so just like really remembering that like the Lord is the only, um, only, yeah, person who can love my soul for yes. everything that it is. Um, and, and fill, fulfill me with that true love and not just, um, like we had mentioned earlier, filling it with things of the world to comfort ourselves. But yes, very well said. The Lord loves all of us so much. Um, it's so beautiful. 
Yes. And so before we leave, where can people um, follow you if you want to share your Instagram or anything else? Feel free to share. Yeah, the Instagram is Carmelite Homemaker. Um, and then there also is a Carmelite Homemaker blog through Blogspot, but working on updating that to its own site. Yep. Um, but yeah, Carmelite Homemaker on Instagram and then the the blog and other things are in the works, but <laughs> we'll see what is up by the time yep. it's up. So yeah. No worries. I'll have your Instagram in the episode description. So feel free to go follow along um, with Cecilia. And yeah, thank you so much for joining me um, and for just sharing today. It was super fun to just get to hear, um, yeah, this part of your story and what it was like for you. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Um, It was a pleasure talking with you. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much. Hey girl, we've made it to the end of this episode of the Abundantly Yours podcast. If this episode touched your heart in any way, I would be so thankful if you could head on over to subscribe and leave me a review. That way, you'll never miss another episode. Be sure to go follow me on Instagram at abundantly.yours for more. See you next time.